unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, we are back on the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good, Nathan. How about yourself? I'm doing good, and I'm I'm concerned that we're going to do another episode where we're going to get a lot of clapback for people accusing us of being fear mongers, but I'm just going to throw caution to the wind because every time I'm concerned, you always just pull out a fantastic show. So let's just jump into it. What are we going to be talking about this week? All right. Um, I'll let you worry about it because I'm not worried about it at all. So the other day I was watching a TV interview with a Hollywood actor in his 80s. And the interviewer asked him, what do you think about all the new movies with special effects and robot characters? And the actor clearly didn't want to answer the question directly. Instead, he said, what I look for in a script is three things. What's the story? Who are the characters that embody the story? And what's the emotion? It was a good answer. And I think the third thing the old actor mentioned is also important for copywriters. What's the emotion? Even more than that, though, I think the conventional wisdom we've gotten as copywriters about emotion is not nearly specific enough for us to use it. So I will review the conventional wisdom in this episode and replace the generalities with specifics that you can use in your copy. But before we do, here's something that you might not find emotional at all. Copy is powerful. (laughs) You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and if you're writing copy in the highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. And now let's talk about emotion in copy. So Nathan, maybe you've heard this. Um, You often hear that the emotions you want to appeal to in your copy are fear and greed. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. There's some truth in that, but it's so broad and general. And really, what can you do with that information, really? I mean, you start your copy, you know, dear friend, be afraid, be very, <laughs> very afraid, yeah. right? You're probably not going to do that. It, it leaves you guessing. And so I have some very exact specific formulas I want to share today. But let's, let's start at square one. I always like to do that. And I think you like me to do that, too. It just helps set the stage better. You need to provoke emotion to prompt a sale. If you're not provoking emotion, it's going to be much harder, probably impossible, to make a sale. Because people don't make decisions based on rational thinking, even though some people believe they do. And you take one of those people who thinks they're totally rational, and you tell them, that actually it's emotion that gets their decisions. Not only will they argue with you, 
but they will get very upset. In other words, they'll get really emotional. That's right. Yeah. So think about that. But the truth is, you know, regardless of what the rational mind fetishists want to say, people make decisions based on emotion. Then they justify, oh, one exception, Mr. Spock in Star Trek. <laughs> but everyone else, you need to prompt emotion. And you can always prompt positive emotions. There are ways to do that. But, and this may be news to a lot of people, and I certainly didn't used to think this, and I certainly didn't like learning this, but let me tell you, prompting positive emotions and creating a sale with the prospect in positive emotions alone is much harder work. And here's why. People don't always trust or believe good feelings. They'll say things like, this feels too good to be true, or yeah, but what's it really like, or things like that. However, they do tend to believe negative emotions much more often. Negative emotions seem much more real to people. It's, it's weird, too, because a lot of people, just in their everyday lives, the negative things that happen seem to have seem to have a, a way bigger impact and the and the positive things that happen um unless you're conscious about it and you and you make a conscious effort the the positive things we just kind of take for granted or we just kind of turn a blind eye to but the negative people can smile at you and say hi and tell you good things all day but one person shuts a door in your face or cuts you off in traffic and that can ruin a lot of people's days that's true. And, you know, it would be nice if the world were different, but that's not how it is. And so you want to deal with the world as it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if your product is a very positive product that's going to help the person be happier and not get so upset if they get cut off in traffic or get the door slammed in their face by accident or on purpose you're still going to be better off using some negative emotions to sell. I think it, it goes back to we have to enter the conversation that's going on in their mind, not the conversation we wish was going on in their mind. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, and that's true. That's exactly what fits here. So today we're going to focus on three proven uses of negative emotion. And all three of these are from Chapter 9 of my book, breakthrough copywriting. And what we're going to talk about today are things I call emotional triggers. Now, what I'm going to share with you can be adapted in almost any selling situation to sell a product or service. So you ready? Yeah. Okay. Here's the first emotional trigger. It's called anger to <laughs> envy to offer. And let me read some copy to you that exemplifies this and then we'll dig into it. This copy is for an ebook on auto repair. For most people, the only thing worse than going to the dentist is taking your car to the mechanic. At least the dentist warns you when he's going to hurt you and he does his best to numb the pain. But Mike Thompson is different because for Mike, going to the mechanic is never a big deal. He's never been overcharged, and he always gets treated with a level of courtesy and respect that a king would expect. Does Mike know something you don't? He probably does, 
And that's why I thought you'd be interested in his new ebook, Never Let Your Mechanic Intimidate You Again, How to Stay in Control and Save a Lot of Money with Every Auto Repair You Get from Now On. Wow. Okay, so what's going on there? All right. Well, let's talk in broad brush terms about the psychology of this to begin with. Anger and jealousy are two of the most powerful emotions known, possibly more powerful than fear. In fact, someone once said to me that jealousy or envy is fear of loss brought into the immediate present. And I think that's right. Think about it. If you see someone walking away with something you want, and you're envious, that's fear of loss. If you knew that you were going to have the same thing, you wouldn't be envious, right? Mm. So it's not just fear of loss. It's fear of loss and an example of it right in front of your face. Yeah, so you're experiencing the emotion not as a fear of the future, but as... A present reality. Present reality, yeah, thank you. Now, in this case, with this copy, I made a statement that would arouse anger in my target market, people who had been mistreated by their mechanic. And if this were a real book, if I had it, and you have a car, and you've ever been treated that way by a mechanic, you'd probably want to buy the book right now, wouldn't you? I want you to write the book right now, actually. <laughs> Thank you. It's a good idea, but I'm not sure I will. Okay, now the second thing I did after I made a statement about the way mechanics treat you is I made a contrasting statement about a positive aspect of the same situation. And here's that contrasting statement. But Mike Thompson is different. For Mike, going to the mechanic is never a big deal because he's never been overcharged and he always gets treated with a level of courtesy and respect that a king would expect. At this point, you feel a little jealous of the guy? Mm -hmm. I do, and I know he's an imaginary person. <laughs> so, if going from anger, that black mechanic said it'd be ready at five and it's not done, and suddenly the bill crept up to twice the original amount, go from that anger to envy. This other guy never has to put up with it. I do, but he doesn't. And then to offer, and here's my offer. Does Mike know something you don't know? He probably does. And that's why I thought you'd be interested in his new ebook, Never Let Your Mechanic Intimidate You Again. Okay? All right. So let's say you want to use this when you're writing your own copy. There are three steps. Number one, make a statement that your prospect or your reader can identify with about a negative situation that's real that gets them angry. Just don't get them angry at you. Number two, then make a contrasting statement about a positive version of the same situation. Your prospect reading this will feel envy of the person you're writing about in this situation who has it better than they do. Mm. And from there, don't waste any time. Don't throw in any extra, you know, placeholder words. From there, slip right into your offer. The solution that can get your prospect out of the bad situation they're currently in and into the situation of the person they envy from your story. Okay, so that was uh, 
Well, I, I have some thoughts on it, but I'm going to wait until the end of the show because I, I think uh, my question might be answered, and I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the surprise. Okay. Well, now, now I'm anticipating your question, but I'll keep going. Hey, let me ask you something. How would you like a complete copywriting course packed into a $10 Kindle book? Yeah? Then let me invite you to try Breakthrough Copywriting. It's only $10 and it's available now on Amazon as a Kindle. Breakthrough Copywriting was originally a $5,000 live seminar I held in Las Vegas. People flew in from all over the world to attend Breakthrough Copywriting. This Kindle book by the same name is a complete version of my four presentations at the seminar. If you would like to dig into copywriting basics or refresh the knowledge you already have, then you'll really like Breakthrough Copywriting. A-listers like John Carlton, Joe Sugarman, and Bob Bly give this book an A+, and you can read the reviews right on the Amazon site. This episode of the Copywriters Podcast is sponsored by Breakthrough Copywriting. Check this book out at Amazon.com today. And now, back to the Copywriters Podcast program, already in progress. All right. Emotional trigger number two. This one is called Doubt to Confidence. From Doubt to Confidence. Now, I want you to notice that only the first emotion is negative, and that's doubt. I mean, who doesn't want to feel more confident in their life? That's a very positive emotion. So, here's some copy for an imaginary B2B ebook for doctors, dentists, chiropractors, in other healthcare practitioners that have offices. Listen. Professionals have an especially thorny problem when it comes to marketing because the kind of marketing likely to work is deemed too aggressive. On top of that, ethical standards often stand in the way of getting results from ads and mailings. When I started to read Never Empty Waiting Room, I wondered if it would have the same tepid techniques I'd read about so many times before. Okay, out of the copy, and here's a comment. That part was doubt. Now, here comes the confidence. It turns out my fears were groundless. The gopher methods mentioned in this book could never be called unethical, yet they work like a charm. Mm. And you can almost feel the formerly worried prospect breathing a sigh of relief when they read those sentences. So the way you do this is pretty straightforward. You use a testimonial that starts out with the same doubts that a prospect has. And you give the story a happy ending by transforming the doubts into confidence. When you ask someone for a testimonial, find out from them what specific results they're getting now. Then ask them to think back to when they first read your copy. Was it hard for them to believe at the time they could get those results? Ask them to include how they felt before and how they feel now. And ask them to tell why they feel the way they do. So this is another reason, by the way, that you should constantly be gathering testimonials. Nice. What about when you're, when you're doing um, market research or when you're doing maybe follow-up uh, interviews with people? Um, how, would you, how would you kind of work that tactic into those things? Sure, that'd be easy. If they've already bought the product, if they already have the product, then you can say, before you got this, did you ever think you'd solve this problem? 
Did you ever think you'd be able to get this problem out of your life? Do you think you'd ever think you'd be able to change that habit or, you know, whatever it is that the product helped them do? Well, well, what were you actually thinking in those days? How were you feeling? What did you say to yourself to other people? And, and then you could say, okay, and now that it's done, do you think you could do it again? How do you feel about it? Just get them to talk about their experience before and their experience after. And you should have enough to work with from that to make a great testimonial. And that'll, that'll give you a lot of insight as to what the prospect is probably feeling and probably what they want to feel as well. Yes, exactly. Okay, so emotional trigger number three. This one's called shared outrage. Mm. And that sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, here's an example of this triggering copy. You know what it's like when diets don't work? It sucks. I remember one so-called diet I went on. What a load of crap. I had stomach pains for weeks. I didn't sleep well. I was crabby and tired all the time. And the worst part, at the end of five weeks, I gained five pounds. Mm. I was so mad I wanted to smash something into a thousand little pieces. It was then that I made myself a solemn promise. Never go through that humiliation again. I wanted a way to lose weight that was easy and permanent. I searched and searched until I had all the pieces in place for the perfect program, the no-brainer, no-gainer weight management plan. And now I'm ready to share it with you. Mm, so this is, the, this is kind of like the uh, standing next to them and helping them throw rocks at their enemy tactic. Exactly. The, the way this one works is both you and your prospect are focusing on the same thing you're mad about. And as a copywriter, you're writing things that will help the prospect remember his or her own anger, own outrage at this common enemy as you express yours. So here's how you do it. It's pretty simple. First, you express your anger about a situation you're upset about that your prospect is upset about too. That's anger, and people can relate to that anger. But again, you're not angry at them. You're angry at the same thing they're angry at. Mm -hmm. And then use that anger as a springboard to get to a solution, a solution that soothes your anger and that should soothe your prospect's anger as well. All right, so... Before I ask, I have two questions actually in follow-up, but before I get to them, um, mm -hmm. let's cover again what those three emotional triggers are, because I think the two questions I have are relevant to each one of them. Great. Okay. So the first one is anger to envy to offer. And the second one is doubt to confidence. And the third one is shared outrage. And before you ask your question, I want to point out that's three of 11 emotional triggers in total, just in chapter nine of Breakthrough Copywriting. The book also has 12 other chapters, and each one of those has hands-on, ready-to-use tools and templates and formulas and examples as well. Awesome. So here's two questions I, I kind of want to uh, dive deep into. So first of all, people that might object, they'd say, oh, that's fear-mongering. You're only telling us about fluoride and heavy metals in the water because you're trying to sell water filters. And maybe 
that's manipulative or maybe that's whatever the case may be. And, and a lot of copywriters would, or maybe newbie copywriters, maybe newbie business owners, they don't feel comfortable going down that road. They don't want to, they don't want to raise the, um, the concerns or the, the quote unquote fear mongering. My question is, have you ever heard of something called the mouse utopia experiment? I think I have, but I'm not sure what it is. So it was an experiment that they did with mice, and they created this perfect environment for mice. The mice had nothing to want for. They were taken care of. They had uh, the the perfect amount of living space that they wanted. They had all of the food that they wanted. They didn't have to work for anything. It was just basically a utopia for these mice. And at first, there was a population explosion and they made sure that no matter how many mice there were, there was still enough room for all of them to live comfortably. But then because the mice had no, no, no fears to overcome, no negative emotions to overcome, they started becoming very petty. They started becoming very self-absorbed. They lost interest in self-preservation. And eventually, every single time that they did it, the, the mice population eventually plummeted back down to zero. And uh, it's kind of like playing a video game where you have no obstacles. You just hold right on the controller all the way to the end of the level. You never have to dodge anything. You never have to jump over anything. People think that uh, what we really want is the perfect day where we never have to deal with any struggles and we want to live in this Star Trek utopia where all of our needs are taken care of for us. But the real, the reality of the situation is those negative emotions are very important. They're very uh, crucial to our survival, to our ability to feel like we overcome things, to our ability to, um, to basically, it's basically a, a very fundamental part of our humanity. So at least that's my opinion on it. What are your thoughts on people that want to avoid it altogether because they don't want they want to just sell the the pretty flowers they don't want to sell um the fact that there might be thorns on the stem i think those are people who only want to put you know one toe in the pool and they don't want to swim i, I think that they like to observe life and imagine things in their imaginary utopia but the reality is there is conflict in life there is disappointment and the greatest feeling i think is to overcome an obstacle, um, get get past a barrier, get through something that scared the shit out of you, and be a better person for it. And you know, as as far as you know, charges of manipulative, I think you need to redefine manipulative yourself as a copywriter to understand that if you're using emotion to get something, someone would do anyway because it's something that they want and it's at least as much in their interest as it is in yours and hopefully more in their interest for real then that's not manipulative and there are people outside of that situation you know i'm i'm reminded of um i think it's attributed to teddy roosevelt there's a poem which i have not memorized called the critic or the man in the arena and the fact is, when, when you actually get into action, into the situation, you find out this amazing thing. Life's not perfect. People are human. And so the people who aren't um, in the business or prospects, if they don't understand copy, if they haven't ever tried to sell anything themselves, 
they're going to have all of these high and mighty criticisms. But, <laughs> and, you know, under the First Amendment, under the notion of free speech, under the ideas from the Magna Carta, yeah, they have a right to that opinion. But from a practical point of view, they don't have a right to say anything. I mean, I wouldn't try and stop them. I, I just don't listen to them unless they can prove to me that they know what they're talking about. And most of those people don't. Mm. And then the second question is kind of hearkening back to that. People that want to, they don't feel comfortable bringing up the negative stuff. They only want to focus on the positive stuff. Or people that maybe only want to focus on the negative stuff. It seems like most of these work most effectively when it's a one-two punch, where you're not when you're not completely just bogging down the customer with negativity and failure and and everything sucks. Now buy my product, and right. also not everything's going to be great. Everything's sunshine and rainbows. Now buy my product. It seems like the one-two punch of of being able to contrast the two is is a, a kind of a an aspect that uh, maybe should be focused on as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to spend a lot of time here or on any podcast talking to people about therapy or coaching or personal growth, but this is one area where if if you're uncomfortable being negative or you're uncomfortable being positive, it'd probably be a good idea to see how much of that you can get sorted out, either by yourself or with some help from, um, you know, a qualified person. Because the the fact is, you know, to, to live a fully dynamic life and to be a good copywriter, you need to be at least on speaking terms with your emotions. Awesome. David, this has been a fantastic episode. I, uh, I just appreciate every time we get together on these calls and uh, I know the copywriters out there do as well. What do we have coming up next week? Well, we did talk about stuff from breakthrough copywriting this week, but I, it doesn't even hurt me to say it's not the only good book on copywriting out there. I'm glad to say that I want to talk about, you know, your basic library, what copywriters should be reading. Nice. Okay. Thank you again, David and copywriters until next time. We'll see you later. Okay. Thank you. See you later. Do you have a question you'd like to have answered on the copywriters podcast? We're looking at questions that are included in new reviews on iTunes. Here's how it works. Leave a review for the copywriters podcast on iTunes. Besides giving your thoughts on the podcast itself, include a question you'd like to have answered. We'll be monitoring the questions regularly, and I'll be answering as many of them as I can on future episodes. Thanks for your good ideas and for listening to the Copywriters Podcast.